Hello, this is just a quick before the episode information. So this episode you're about to listen to is a very special episode. It is with a dear friend of mine from Lithuania where we sat down together and just had a chat about, um, well, first about how we met and everything and how we wanted to, how we've always wanted to do podcasts together. And then we started talking a bit more about the topic for the day, which is sexual education. And our conversation did extend to more than what this episode is going to be. So there will be a second episode later on with the rest of that conversation. So this is just a part one with uh, with a special guest. And I truly hope that you enjoy. <laughs> oh, I kind of like its voice. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they call him Craig. They didn't have to give him a name. But they did anyways, and I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, should I should I do my weird intro? I don't have an intro. I just say the one like you, you talk what about. We're gonna talk about and what, what has been happening lately in your life, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hello, welcome to Tit Talk, the podcast where we talk about tits. No, we don't. Um, it's fine. <laughs> I'm just gonna use this as the intro, I think, because it's whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's our first time, so there's a bunch of stuff that we need to figure it out. It's true. Yeah. So, to anyone who will be listening to this once it's been edited, and hopefully it will be sounding okay, welcome to Tit Talk, the podcast, where we don't talk about tits, but we could if we wanted to. And I have a guest with me today, which is very exciting. And also uh, something I've been teasing for like a year and a half. Um, yeah, do you want to introduce yourself? Greetings from Lithuania, I guess. Hey. <laughs> yeah. We have been talking about doing a podcast since we met, which was back in 2017 at a folk high school, I believe you were translated to. Which is ridiculous, but that's what English sometimes is. Um, and we wanted to boarding school for um, yeah, not the place where like parents throw their children so they wouldn't be bothered with them. It's like quite the opposite. I guess people want to go there and yeah. not see their parents. Yeah, for at least half a year. Mm -hmm. It's for adults as well. It's not for kids. Um, well, yeah. it's, I wouldn't call myself an adult when I went there, even though I was 20, but, <laughs> well, I started, no, I was 19 when we started. Ugh, that's a long time ago. I mean, you could vote and you could drink and you could, uh, uh drive. It's true. So, you were like a little adult. Same that's as good. me. I mean, I was an improvement yeah. as well. Yeah. But yeah, we we met in well, it was in Denmark as well, and it was a weird way we met because we, <laughs> we were just <laughs> we were just sitting in this cute little outhouse, and I was sitting there reading uh, some poetry because I was trying to be pretentious, and um, and then you came up in and was like can you asked if you could sit there 
I was like, yeah, sure. And I was just freaking out because I'm like, oh no, I don't know how to talk to strangers. Why am I here? And um, and you thought I was British first, which was amazing. Dude, I thought you were Italian, which makes yeah. no sense. But not from my like looks, but from my name. From your name, cause uh, yeah, cause the <laughs> I read the the list of the people that were gonna attend this school, and I just remember reading your name, and I was like, hmm, that's probably like Casperis or something, and I was like, that's Italian, right? Yeah, I was wrong. I was very wrong. And it 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 wasn't until when I met you that I realized that. Lithuania is a place and I felt stupid because I didn't know. I mean, I've heard of it before, but like I didn't really know a lot about it um, or where it was in the in the world. Not that I know anything about where anything is in the world, to be honest, but... At least now you know that. Um, I'm glad for that. When yeah, you go to Lithuania, you don't think that you're going somewhere near Japan, even though to you it sounds like Japanese. Well, it only Therefore, sounds like Japanese when you yell at me in Lithuanian. <laughs> as if I do that constantly. I mean, you 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 did a little bit when we first met, but you've calmed down since, which is probably also because I calmed down. I mean, I don't know yeah. if I calmed down, but I stopped being an annoying brat who was nineteen. At some point, you know. At some point. At some point. <laughs> I don't remember a lot from my first conversation. I do think that I brought up a topic that you were not um, comfortable with. And it turned out that you kind of thought that I was a racist. So yeah, uh, things have changed. Yeah, because you, I think you, we talked about like immigration or something. And I think I misunderstood oh, you. God, that was stupid. <laughs> I don't know if I misunderstood you or like whatever happened, but I just remembered thinking like, I first thought that this dude was cool, but now I'm not sure what just happened. And then we started talking more after I I went missing for two weeks because I, I got sick and I didn't want to be there. So I went home, but then I came back. Um, and then I realized that no, you're indeed not racist yeah. or like a bad person in any way. It was just, I don't even know what happened. I think we, I think I was just very nervous because I wasn't good at talking to new people. I'm still not good at talking to new people, but, and I was so like, I don't even know. But whatever that was, it, it was, you know, we figured it out and we're great friends today. Yeah. Everything's good. Yeah. I mean, I was bought from of like probably right wing media in terms when it was. I mean, it was back in 2017, as you mentioned before. Yeah. And the the migrant crisis was quite a recent thing. Yeah. And yeah, and sometimes you don't choose the the path that it's that it comes from your heart and you want security and maybe that's why I had that weird point of view when it came to immigration, even though. I have nothing against like other religions and other cultures at all and I kind of despise people who are of my own kind if you can say that yeah and I'd rather be with someone who's like not similar to me yeah someone different and more interesting and open same yeah 
Which leads to another point of it's always been very been a very like common joke between you and me um, that I am in fact not Danish in any way, even though I am. Which is very <laughs> funny considering how much like like because you can speak the language, you can write the language, you can teach the language. Um, and you know, I believe you probably know a lot more about Denmark in general than I do, which is just interesting. <laughs> but, but um, you, yeah, you were born in Denmark. You've been brought up in Denmark. I sure have. Yeah, and you have a passport. Yeah. Wibilipis, like we call it. What kind of pass? Wibil. Like beetroot, I uh -huh. think, because yeah. mm -hmm. it's that color. Oh, mm. yeah. <laughs> beetroot. Okay. Oh yeah, it is. Borodo or whatever. Um, yeah. Which, but yeah. Do we have anything to add in terms of our uh, how we became friends? Maybe we will. We can add that like in the. In the meantime. Yeah. And we're talking about other stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think the gist of it is that we met at this folk high school thing and became very close, very fast, and we somehow managed to keep a very good and strong friendship going, even though we live in two different countries now. And we just realized that it's like five years now, which is insane. And yeah, and we should make an anniversary in in the autumn, in autumn, or maybe. Wait, we should. Yeah. Anniversary. I mean, I'm coming to Denmark. That's in true. August, so it's gonna be like a pre-party. Pre-party. Pre yeah. No alcohol. Yeah. No. Party. No. Oh, another thing that the listeners might—they don't care, but they'll they'll listen to it. Damn it! If I say so. No. Um. I. Uh, <laughs> I stopped drinking alcohol because of <laughs> the fact that you and I started drinking alcohol a lot <laughs> when we were at the school, especially the last like month or so. I think I was drinking my sorrow because I was sad that I wasn't going to see you and our friend Alma either. Like, I was like, oh, no, they're going home to a different country <laughs> and I'm just going to just to be clear. I mean, the fact that, yeah, we were drinking a lot, but it was mostly whiskey and cola and cocoa. Or maybe something else even. Maybe sometimes beer. Sometimes beer, but mainly well, just whiskey Yeah. and coke. And I would have, like, when I was on my fifth glass of whiskey and coke, you were on, like, your second. <laughs> so I was always way drunk, and you were just a bit tipsy. Oh, uh... That's when I finally understood the word tipsy, thanks to you. <laughs> like both you and Alma. Because just so you know, there was also like a third person, Alma, Sigridur. Icelandic, which is why I cannot pronounce her first name. So I have been allowed to call her Alma, because that's her middle name. Kind of called us like the gang of the gang. The gang and the gang, yeah, it was a weird thing. That we were five people and then we became three people, so we were the gang and the gang. It was a whole thing. 
There is always going to be gossip and weird drama going on at such a school where you live on the school and like see each other every day. And I mean, and- we were younger, and the other two were a bit more mature, I guess, and they kind of figured it out that like we are drama queens, so they <laughs> left us. They were, were like kind of grown apart. Yeah. I mean, there there were some bitterness. But more than five years. Yeah. Mm. Oh my god. That's weird. So, and like at one point, I guess it was in November. And it was raining and we were, because we used to just like come into the class after all the uh, the lessons and the lectures. And yeah, we just began writing on, on a whiteboard of if we could make a podcast. How would you prepare for that? What kind of topics could we take? I don't remember any of that. Me neither. Maybe that's for the better, so we don't feel any pressure. I think, yeah, I think I have a notebook somewhere where I put a few notes down from it, but other than that, I don't remember anything. I mean, I was drunk. (laughs) (laughs) I was drinking. My oh, God. It sounds like I was drunk all the time. I wasn't. But I was drunk a lot. And it did make me stop drinking alcohol. Because I also realized that I get addicted to things very easily. Which makes sense now, considering I have ADHD. Um, but I didn't know at the time. So. Yeah. Jules, they have taught me a lot of things about mental health. And you, like you kind of... In a way, there was an intervention without actually being an intervention. Because <laughs> before I met you, I was not thinking about those things. But it's it's been it's been great. No yeah, I've really taught you about <laughs> <laughs> about anxiety and uh, all the stressors in life. Yeah. And health and wellness and and whatnot. Yeah, I think we've both. Um, I mean, obviously, we've both matured and grown a lot in five years. I mean, thank God. I don't want to be where I was when I was 19. Um, But, yeah, I remember it was so weird because you were very, like, closed off in terms of emotions. And I just remember thinking, like, I want to I want to get behind the walls that this person has built up because I'm pretty sure there's a great human being in there that just needs someone to listen to them or like wants to talk about weird stuff and i was right you just wanna like you've 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 evolved into a wonderful human being i mean you were wonderful before i'm not saying that you weren't but it's like sometimes you just gotta have someone to be like hey actually you're allowed to take up space and you're allowed to talk about shit you know it's okay you've also made me like in 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 turn you've made me realize a lot of stuff in terms of my queerness and being okay with that which is wonderful um because you were the first like you can say the word (laughs) openly queer person that i like became friends with um and it was just such like a sense of freedom being able to express your own queerness in a safe space with someone else for the first time ever 
So that's always been that's always been lovely. Wow. Thank you for saying that. Now we're getting all sappy and sentimental. What the yeah. hell? Let's talk about the real stuff. No. Um I I always get sentimental and sad. It's fine. But we did want to talk about sex education. <laughs> Not the show. The actual thing. Have you seen the show? I have seen the show. It's a great show. Yay. Yeah. I mean, there's some of it that I'm not not too fan, like too much of a fan of how spoilers ahead if anyone hasn't seen Sex Education on Netflix yet. But I don't like how the bully became the love interest to the gay uh, character. It's like we've seen that story before. We understand that he has a lot of built built up trauma and internalized homophobia. But that doesn't mean that it makes sense that Eric needs to whatever. It's a whole thing. I could make a whole you know what, maybe I should make a whole episode just about the show sex education. Yeah. Uh, that would be interesting to hear. <laughs> I mean at the end, spoilers about every kinda like pushed him away. And yeah. Because he's more aware of his own state of mind and what he wants, even though it was also not that easy to to do. Yeah, I like that they don't end up together in that way. That that they realize that Eric is just a lot long, like further ahead in his own journey, and that's okay. Um, and he shouldn't like stop himself from evolving as a as a gay man just because Adam is very much so like just gotten out of the closet and doesn't really know what to do yeah. with himself yet. Like I love that they ended up going separate ways because they were not in a place where they could like doesn't look like an equal it. relationship. No. Exactly. Because either one of them have, has to have a lot of patience. Mm -hmm. it, it, and it queer people like, don't have patience. We uh, we were we are yeah. on the go go go. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're like Katya said, it's like peppy peppy. You need more energy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. That's why we are fast walkers because we hate to wait. You are oh. the fastest walker. Not anymore, but I used to be. Yeah, I know that. But it was a problem. <laughs> it was a problem. I could yeah. not keep up. <laughs> That's why I used the car. You yeah. Like, you just go. I'm going to follow you with the car. I'll follow you probably with the on car. a third gear. Yeah. Which is like, it's not healthy, Casper. Okay, just stop it. Just chill out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always, I've always been a very slow walker. Um, mainly because I'm always out of shape and I don't want to run for things. But I also have short legs. And I usually have friends that are very tall. And they... Well, it doesn't take a lot to be taller than me, to be honest. But I do have friends who are very tall. And they will just walk, like, a million meters in front of me and think that I'm next to them when I'm running behind, just trying to catch up. And if that isn't some kind of stupid metaphor for my life, I don't fucking know. But <laughs> you even have the goal to ask me, like, is everything all right? And you was like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just dying. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just, just walk slower. Yeah. What's the rush? We're all gonna die anyways. Why, why run to our death when we can walk? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it, anyways. Especially it's ironic if you run towards the cemetery. Because you, oh like, you think you're gonna miss on death. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Maybe there should be like a music again. And like, now we're talking about the topic that we were gathered. Talk. And then we, we can carry on. We have gathered things. here today to talk yeah. about sex education. <laughs> really want that kind of. Um, yeah. yeah. What's your thoughts on sex? What what do you what do you remember from sex education that you got in school and when was it? I mean, there was almost none of it. I remember two lessons. One that happened in third grade, and the other one maybe it was like on seventh or eighth grade. It was just before, like, because I'm a man and my puberty began, of course, much later. Uh, than in terms, and I do remember that it was kind of the same for girls. Yeah. Maybe they had like two lessons more, but when like most of the school girls were gathered in like sixth or seventh grade, but I mean it was mostly from like biological point of view of like, you know, there are some. Oh, don't know the actual names in English of those, you know, instruments or items that you need to use on your, on your period. Wait, are you, are you talking about period now? Yeah. Instrument. I mean, I guess that's most of the sexual education that girls have uh, been acquainted with, acquainted with. And uh, we had only one and it was about like, you know, your voices change, you get taller, your muscles ache at mm. some point and that was mostly just all but from the biological point of view then like actual sex sexual education and da -da 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 -da, it took place in religion classes which was so unexpected in religion yeah oh okay so it was very much ideological in the sense that you know, a person who is religious and Catholic, which I, I think it's a different kind of religiousness when you're Catholic, mm. is presenting the, um, like the concept of contraception. And it, like, they usually give the, the negative point of view, right. which I mean, we were in ninth or maybe 10th grade. We were not that, you know, dumb or silly to understand that. I mean, this is just pure bullshit, what they're giving to us. But I mean, that was on the agenda from the school. So this yeah. is also the, yeah. So maybe that's like a short description of sexual education that we got. Oh, and maybe like a short mention about what happened in third grade. It was in primary school. Uh, it was mostly just like anatomical, we, which we already knew how to, you know, differentiate a woman, a girl, and a boy. Right. Um, and then there was a talk about sex, which I remember, like, even my teacher couldn't say the word, like, she wrote it. You and, like, say the word sex? It. 
No, she couldn't. <laughs> okay. Like, and then she showed on a wall on, on a whiteboard and looked at us. And of course, we understood that this word is is a bit like a taboo. So we all went laughing. But I remember, like, I had no idea what sex bully was. Right. It's just like it is something that makes you laugh, and it is, you know, a bit shameful to talk about it. You know. So that's all can I can remember. Yeah. yeah. How about you? I think it it was much more evolved in Denmark. Maybe it was not perfect, but it was not perfect. I'll tell you that. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm also critical at heart when it comes to these kind of things, so take everything with a grain of salt. But um, I recently made uh, or did a exam paper about sex education and uh, sort of how it changed from back in in 2011 um, when I got it and then to now. Um, only in Denmark. Um, but when I had my sex education, it was in like seventh grade, I think. So I was what, 13. And um, I remember that we we went into the classroom. First of all, the, the teacher that was going to teach us was our class teacher who we've all known since we were five which is very awkward that he's now talking about sex with us considering he he felt like a granddad to us so it was very awkward um and i just remember walking into the classroom and there was these like flamingo figures on each table that had like it looked like a penis and then there was a bunch of condoms on well, the tables were... as well. Hey, on in in which grade? Seventh grade. Oh, oh, oh okay. Mm-hmm. I thought in like primary school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and I remember every like a lot of the boys would take those flamingo penises and start like fighting each other with it, and I was like, this is ironic. Like, looking back, I'm like, oh, you're really having, like, a dick competition (laughs) in seventh grade. And I remember um, that we had to try and put a condom on this flamingo thing, and I immediately wanted to vomit. I did not want to touch, like, the flamingo thing or a condom. So I refused, and I went outside, and... I also remember at one point we had, um, we were divided into the binary uh, genders, uh, girls and boys, and boys went outside and girls stayed inside. And um, we were shown a video of a woman given birth, like close up of a woman given birth, because apparently sex education was about scarring. 13 year old females um for life because i just remember seeing that and hearing all the screams and seeing all the blood and i was like this looks awful and i thought that the boys were gonna see the the video as well and they didn't because you know they aren't having the they don't you know give birth so why would they know why would they have to know which again is ridiculous it's also very presumptuous to think that, in general, that only the binary 
uh, gender that we call female should be taught anything about uh, childbirth because everyone should be taught. It's the same with period things like we were divided again. I don't understand why not everyone gets to know about what periods are and uh, like what kind of stuff happens to a body when it's on their period and how difficult it can be with all the hormones and the pain and blah 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 but yeah i just uh i also remember how it was very like as i've said before it's very binary it's only about the um the two binary genders male and female which i get like it's 2011 it wasn't very progressive then um it's a bit better now thank god um and i also remember being told that if you are female and you have sex for the first time it most likely will hurt and that is normal and that's something that's been stuck in my head ever since and i hate that that's being told to young people uh because it is not supposed to hurt when you're having sex for the first time or any time if it hurts that means you're either not ready you're not relaxed enough or something that is being done to you is wrong and the fact that we're teaching kids that it's normal that it hurts is just awful because yes it might be uncomfortable and a weird feeling and sensation because you haven't tried it before but it should never hurt and i hate that they don't have a distinction between those two things because when you're 13 and you just hear it's normal that it hurts i mean, i don't even want to picture what kind of scenarios those young girls will end up in and they are hurting and they're like oh but i've been told that it's fine like this is normal and it might not be normal so yeah i have <laughs> just a bunch of very bad and weird experiences from sex education um and i also remember thinking that i've always been i when i was younger i didn't want to talk about sex it made me uncomfortable and I can't help but think like the amount of people out there who are asexual um, or just at least on the ace spectrum, meaning that you either don't have any sort of sexual attraction or desires or you only have a little bit or whatever it may be. Like what, what then if you're forced to learn about it, especially in a room full of like teenagers who are just laughing at everything? Um, but yeah, yeah. now I, I've talked for a long time now. <laughs> no, that's fine. That you, you, you made some great points because I kind of think that the point of sexual education is actually to break through that ice or that kind of wall of people. Yeah, of course, people going to laugh, people going to feel silly and act silly. But you talk and talk and talk until finally it becomes like, um, not like a very serious conversation, but people get it just like, you know, you, you go MP when you need to do that. You go to the doctor when you need to do that. And sometimes sex happens and, you know, there's like, <clears throat> I don't know if that was like a good comparison, but I just want to make it like it's a natural thing, but it has a lot of weird connotations. Yeah. Added to that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I've been thinking because of the exam paper I had to do, I went to the museum 
here in the city I live in, um, just called the Gender Museum. And because they have sex education that they offer schools uh, where the kids will come to the museum and get sex education, um, which is really cool. And it's definitely a lot more informative and inclusive than what I experienced 10 years ago, 11 years ago. Um, but when I went there, it's still very binary. And it's also still very heteronormative. Um, and I understand that we can't make all the changes in from one day to the other. But I don't know, it's just, it makes my, my queer heart a little bit sad to think of all the queer people out there who are just gonna... They still feel... have to make the work on their own. Yeah. That um, may be a bit. And like... And I was also, I've also been thinking about like, how would I, like, do I have a suggestion to how to make sex education the best possible? Um, or like the most sort of non-traumatizing um, for kids. And I honestly have no solution because there's so many things to take into consideration. Because on the one hand, I don't think that we should divide the kids uh, into groups, like either with gender or with how much you feel comfortable with talking about sex or whatever. I don't necessarily think that you should divide it, but at the same time, I can see how sometimes dividing into smaller groups can seem less intimidating, especially if you want to ask questions. But regardless, I think the most important take back from my um, exam writing was it helps that you don't get your sex education in your normal classroom because usually you will have the same classroom when you're still in like seventh or eighth grade um, where you get all your other classes. And it's weird to sit in like your normal like class where you get normally get um, like have math classes and then hear about sex. Okay. Like the, it, the environment does count. So I think it's very important to... That's why I, I love the, that the museum offers the kids to come to the museum instead. Because then it's sort of a neutral ground. Yeah. And I also think it's very important that the person or the people giving the sex education are professionals. And are not just a math teacher or a Danish teacher or whatever. Or a religion teacher uh, either. Yeah. Um, I think it should be someone who knows what they're talking about um, and who also doesn't have a more personal relationship with the students. Yeah. But other than that, I don't know how you can... To add what you were saying, maybe a little, because uh, there can be different kind, kinds of conversations in terms of sex, mm -hmm. meaning that... Uh, it's not only the place where you can talk with a professional or you ask weird what you think that are weird uh silly um questions to the professional so you can get that professional answer but there's also like a more ordinary and mainstream kind of talk about yeah. uh you grown up and your sexuality Mm -hmm. uh, and you can talk probably about that with even like with your math teacher, even if you with your like religious teacher, just to get that sense of the ordinarity or the simplicity of the conversation. 
yeah yeah because of course it may be the same thing when when you think about financial education which we also don't get enough in our school maybe even less than sexual education yeah. is there's some stuff that you ask the professional and there's a stuff that you should be able because you talk about it with your parents and with your friends and and, and so on yeah yeah but make that distinction distinction yeah 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 were you saying something did i interrupt you no not at all no um yeah and i think I it's think a great classrooms that was a great idea <laughs> never thought about that yeah you were saying um i think it's a great point you're making in terms of like there because sex is such a taboo um oh. like it still is and i'm not sure how it will never be uh not a taboo to be honest um i know we're getting better with it um and in terms of like queer sex it is such a taboo that we don't fucking talk about it at least not in schools it's not talked about it's not like if it's talked about it's usually uh at least from what i remember if you hear about like gay sex you hear about aids or hiv and it's just like eh, that's not okay that that's the only thing you get told because it paint it paints the picture that only gay men will catch aids or get hiv which is not true and it also makes it you know seem like it's only a a, a gay male um sort of disease which is again it's not true and there's just in general a lot of like i also think um there should just be more i think with if we normalize it a lot more and if it comes more mainstream like you say if it becomes more something that you can ask a few like almost like surface level questions to your math teacher or your religion teacher or whatever then it becomes less intimidating and scary to take um some time and figure out okay what do i actually want to ask the professional so that you don't so you actually get under the layers of um because i'm sure a lot of kids will have different questions i mean i also know that because of the internet they know a lot more now probably a lot more than the teachers will to be honest um but i'm sure that if you were able to sort of scratch the surface of all the kind of awkward weird silly questions with your normal teacher it would feel less intimidating to then go and talk to a professional about the real stuff because yeah. you've already covered all of the other stuff with your normal teacher or with your classmates or with your parents uh or friends or whatever so i think um yeah i like the point you're making with the sort of trying to also take a lot because there's a lot of in in terms of talking about sex or sex education in, in general that there's a lot of it that can just be surface level and if we allow it to normal be normalized in a healthy non-heteronormative way um it it makes it so that all the other stuff that are very important but don't get discussed enough because the other stuff aren't discussed either like it will flow better i think yeah Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was well put. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I don't know what I just said. <laughs> and then some thoughts, as always. 
um, next, because you're bloody smart. <laughs> And, no, and you also no. read the paper, so you read a lot of stuff as well. I, oh my god. Um, what, okay, maybe to carry on, 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 on this notion, um, back where I thought that there should be some sort of distinction between what you talk with the professional and with the, just like, another ordinary person like you, uh, is that I, I kind of think that because I have, I went to like the clinics lately, not of my like sexual problems, but just on my health problems. Yeah. And it's better like your emotional stuff. It's better to share it with like people who are close to you, because the professional you, you will like you will be lucky if you find someone that will be able. And I kind of think that they should be able, but not mm -hmm. everyone can do that. Uh, to listen to like all of your thoughts and what are you afraid on and, when, and what are you feeling to get the full picture but usually they see a lot of patients a day with like where they want to get like um, an easy uh, problem solving I don't know remedy and it's usually not the case so yeah was that clear yeah okay yeah, for sure. Like, there's, um, I know in Denmark it's a huge issue in terms of, um, I think they re they um, introduced it like a year or two ago, maybe, but before that they they didn't have any um, actual courses on how to talk to people when you study medicine. Yeah. Like actual human social contact. Because the amount of medical professionals um, that you meet that are so out of touch with emotions, out of touch with how to speak to a person and how to show empathy, it's insane. And it's even worse if you are queer, because a lot of the times the professionals will know absolutely nothing or very like the bare minimum in terms of how to help you if you are queer and you have queer issues or um questions yeah yeah and yeah, totally right and i know at least in denmark i'm pretty sure because my sister-in-law um is a doctor and i she told me that i think it was like two years ago that they were i don't know if they were like starting a course where they learned how to talk to people or if they were just thinking about it at that point but i know it's at least being talked about now which is good but in general, like, um, yeah, if if you have, um, I think that's probably one of the good points or good things about the internet as well. There's so many people out there who will be able to answer some of the more sensitive questions, who will have a lot more experience, um, especially if you're queer, than if you go to your normal doctor. Um, that's not saying you should just talk to random people online about very personal stuff at all. But if you need like some in terms of like medical help or uh, if you have any like medical inquiries or something, there might be help online if you can't find a, a doctor in your own town or city that will be able to talk to you like a normal human being. Um, or otherwise, you know, talk to friends and family or a therapist. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there's always, there's always that in terms of, um, 
the sort of the queer angle of of it all that like i think i think regardless of you're queer or not you will meet medical professionals that are just out of touch with social interactions but i do think that it's a lot more common if you are queer to be met with sort of a harsh tone or misunderstandings or bigotry really yeah. um, oh wow <laughs> a strong word but i i believe you and um yeah you gotta be careful with that and look out for yourself and i guess when you're queer even if you have like even if you're like uh, a bit over overweight because these are the kids who are usually been bullied from the the earliest time they can remember yeah you kind of come into that health um what do you call that a clinic or a hospital already with the fear that people won't understand you yeah and it's frustrating when you like your thoughts kind of get the reaction they they they've expected because you usually get that sort of like mm, thing of people not understanding you yeah i mean the amount of times where i've gone to the doctor with actual issues and i've just been told you just need to lose weight that's all i'm like okay cool um it's same with the opposite same with the, like the opposite. yeah just kind of the same you just need to eat more yeah and it's so frustrating because it's like i wish like i wish i had the courage sometimes to just say to them like can you just treat me like a normal weight person for one second and assess me as if my weight isn't an issue because the amount of like the statistics that show how many uh overweight people and underweight people that are getting the wrong treatment or being misdiagnosed or whatever because of like doctors that will just not look past what they see it's insane like yeah. just because because i'm because i've always been like yeah i i understand that i would feel better and i would um have more energy and yada 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 if i lose weight i'm aware of that but i also have a lot of shit mentally that makes it difficult for me and i've also figured out because of my adhd diagnosis that a lot of the issues i've always had with food and weight is because of my adhd and i didn't fucking know <laughs> um and like i think yeah in in general there's just god there's a. Uh, it's not always easy going to the doctor if you're not I mean, I, I guess it's like a sort of a criticism of of our, of our entire society. It's it's not easy going anywhere really, unless you're you know cis, white, straight, and male. Yeah. And then like normal weight or whatever that means, like then you're fine. But other than that, there's always going to be some some issues. Like ADHD is just everywhere, dude. <laughs> like it affects everything. Like episode about it, where you can like sort of explain it all, just ask you questions yeah what is it about it's hard to focus it's it, i mean it's hot it's 30 degrees outside <laughs> yeah. is it also like boiling yeah yeah what the hell i have all of my what you call like gadina your curtains the way you said it gadina 
Yeah, curtains. And yeah, it's called Gadina. Um, you can maybe shut down Craig. Grego. Grego. I'll just stop the recording and if I need to create like an outro, if this, we've what we just recorded turns into one episode, I'll just record that myself and add it in at the end. Or it will just be one of those episodes that just ends. All right, Craig, stop listening. <laughs>